Welcome back to the Aeon Pensions podcast. This is the second in the series of podcasts focusing on diversity and inclusion on trustee boards. Today, we're talking to Sue Austin and Mark Lewis from the Governance Specialist team about the influence and cognitive and unconscious biases on trustee decision-making, both in discretionary decision-making and also more strategic decision-making. Welcome both. Sue, could you tell us a bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Stuart. So I'm Sue Austin. I am a member of the specialist governance team with special interest in scheme secretariat support and pensions management support for clients. My interest in diversity and inclusion is really because diversity and inclusion is quickly moving up the trustee agenda with, amongst others, the pension regulator highlighting this as an area of focus in the single modular code expected early next year. However, many trustee boards don't yet have the diverse candidate list they'd hoped for when seeking replacement trustees, and that may take a little time. But we know cognitive diversity really helps trustees achieve better outcomes. So our focus today will be to provide some practical steps trustees can take to be more mindful of the influence of unconscious bias on their decision making. Thank you, Sue. And, and Mark, how about you? Yep. So I'm part of the governance specialist team as well with Sue. Uh, I'm an actuary with an interest in pensions management. And just to add on to what Sue said, we're not here to make the case for the value of diversity on a trustee board. Uh, Many others have already made the case, uh, and it's been referenced in the recent PSLA and Travis Smith Guide to DNI, which is actually well worth a read. So let's dive straight into this then. And I don't know who wants to take this one first, but why do we need to be mindful of unconscious biases? I'll take that, Stuart. So conscious, we're all prone to unconscious bias in our decision making all the time. We're hardwired that way. It's the most efficient way to cut through the huge amount of information coming at us all the time and make what could be life or death, death decisions. They are shortcuts based on our years of experience of similar situations. And we bring our life's experiences to those decisions. And can you give us an example of where this takes place? We've covered some examples in our guide, Practical Diversity and Inclusion for Trustees. Let's start with discretionary decisions on the death or ill health of a member. For example, would your considerations in paying a death benefit to a married widower or same-sex partner be the same as those for a widow? Or would your thought process be the same in determining whether an ill health benefit is payable for someone with a mental health condition as for someone with a physical health condition? Some of the statements in our guide are deliberately provocative and most trustee boards would be horrified if these statements were made in a meeting. But some people might be thinking these thoughts subconsciously. It's instinctive to overlay your own preconceptions based on your own background, cultural environment and personal experiences into your decision making. So whilst you might filter what you say, there's probably a gremlin inside disrupting your logical thought process. Therefore, it really helps the process if we're a diverse group in the first place and so unconscious biases don't pull in the same direction. In the absence of that diversity, then you need to have some strategies to help you identify those biases and ensure they are not influencing your decision. Mark, what can we do to guard against unconscious bias in discretionary cases? Well, these are real-life cases, and in many cases, difficult decisions to be made by Board of Trustees, and they have real-life consequences to a member or a potential beneficiary. So it is really important we do all we can to get a decision that's unbiased. And there's some really practical steps trustees can take. 
So as Sue said, we've heard that unconscious biases are shortcuts for our brains. So sometimes simply taking time over a decision allows trustees to process the information slowly and logically. So you could take these decisions outside of meetings or provide the information in good time before a meeting to enable the trustees to form their own views before a discussion at a meeting. Another step is making sure individual discretionary cases are presented in a neutral way, perhaps even anonymized. For example, removing references to the sex of either the member or the potential beneficiary, describing potential beneficiaries in terms of the categories under which they would apply under the rules is a positive way to do this. And the last step I wanted to mention was introducing checklists or protocols to help step through the decision-making process. These can help minimize the provision of information that is not specifically relevant to the decision. And whilst not directly relevant to dealing with unconscious bias, checking that your rules are fit for purpose for the 21st century is also important in tackling inclusion in pension schemes. Are they up to date in reflecting the latest court rulings? Or are they based on old legislation? Are benefits gender or sexual orientation neutral or expressed in a neutral way? If not, what can you do to address that? Have you had a conversation with the employer about making these benefits neutral? How does it sit with the employer's diversity policy? It's a difficult one in the current climate, and many employers might be reluctant to start increasing costs if that increased cost hasn't already materialized. But that shouldn't stop you having the conversation and recognizing where there is an issue and what steps you can take to overcome it. It's not just decisions on individual cases, though, is it? So no, this affects all decision-making for trustee boards. The way the role of a trustee is often positioned is one of someone who needs to be financially astute, interested in investments, good with keeping up with technical information, or recruited from one or two teams within an organisation. This often results in people on the trustee board having similar skill sets and perspectives, And the affinity bias means that we tend to like people who are similar to us. So we end up with advisors who are like us too. This has significant impact on how we approach decision making as a group and risks there being a collective blind spot in some areas. So make sure you understand the group's blind spots and build strategies to help counter these. And Mark, what other biases might influence us? The key one is groupthink or conformity bias. We have an unconscious need to fit in to follow the herd. This frequently means that once one or two trustees have expressed a view, it takes a strong person confident in their position to challenge the flow of the decision. Or if something has become standard market practice, there is safety in doing the norm. We're less likely to be criticized for doing what everyone else is doing, even if it's not right for our circumstances. We can counter this by encouraging a devil's advocate to deliberately pick holes in the strategy or asking advisors to go through what other options are available and have them explain why they were dismissed. And I'm sure there's some boards thinking that there isn't a problem here. But what if people just don't get it? It's great if there's already diversity on trustee boards. But time and time again, research tells us there's little diversity. And research shows that a more diverse group tends to get better results. Some boards have already taken steps here to improve diversity on the board. And on our next podcast, two of my colleagues will address this specific point. Many trustees will also have been working hard to ensure that they are aware of their unconscious biases and have adopted some of the above strategies and more to address any unintentional consequences. 
We've previously published guides to trustees on how to identify and work around unconscious decision making in trustees meetings. We've previously published guides to trustees on how to identify and work around unconscious decision making in trustees meetings and ensuring that all points of views are heard, valued and respected. We'd suggest that any boards who haven't started to think about the influence of unconscious bias spend some time understanding these and the impact of these on their decision making and try some of the suggestions to help mitigate our instinctive responses. See if it makes a difference. You don't have to adopt these strategies when making every decision. That would be really time consuming. But make sure you adopt them when making big strategic decisions or when making a decision that has an impact on the settlement of a benefit for an individual member. I think in future, we will have more diversity on trustee boards. A lack of diversity will no longer be accepted in any decision-making board. Most sponsors to pension schemes will already have a diversity and inclusion policy, and many corporates will want to ensure that there is a consistency of the policy within the pension arrangements they sponsor to avoid damage to their brand. But until such time as we have truly diverse boards, we need to adopt strategies to help us avoid these cognitive biases. So what are the key actions trustees should be taking now if they're only just starting to develop their thinking on diversity and inclusion? So first of all, spend some time thinking and learning about diversity and our inherent behavioural biases, um, because they do exist. Take steps for all members of the board to become more familiar with and comfortable discussing issues around discrimination and privilege, inclusion, equality and equity. And understand that differences in perspective ultimately lead to better decisions being made. Secondly, set the right environment for meetings. Trustees should be encouraged to flag when they spot a bias influencing a decision. Clearly, this may need to be done sensitively, but we'll learn to recognise when those unconscious biases kick in more quickly if we help each other to spot it. Use some of the tools in our Trustee Effectiveness Toolkit. For example, our Behavioural Checklist for Chairing Meetings or the pension trustee checklist on decision-making in trustee meetings. These tips can help us all. And finally, think about whether your rules are up to date and document processes and protocols to help you with decision-making on those discretionary cases. That's been really insightful. Thank you, Sue and Mark. Thanks, Stuart. Thanks, Stuart. In the next podcast, we'll be hearing from Sarah Butlin and Shromi Jacobar on how to go about achieving diversity on the trustee board. So until then, we'll see you next time.